15 minutes late, <laughs> but that's okay. Praise Jesus. It's so good to fellowship and uh, just be a part of the body of Christ. I'm, I was just praying up here. I was like, God, thank you for my brothers and sisters. Oh, man. I think it's really neat how God saw how God didn't want just one person to fellowship with. He wanted all of us, and uh, that's wonderful. All right, well, let's stand up. Let's praise the Lord. All right. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. I worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His soul in name. Sing like now. to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to find bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship Your holy name. And all that day, when my strength is failing, the end draws near. And my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise unending Ten thousand years and then forevermore Bless the Lord, oh my soul Oh my soul Worship His soul Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, oh, oh my soul. Worship.
worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. I will worship Your holy name. I will worship Your days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord these are the days of your servant Moses righteousness being restored though these are the days of good trial of famine and darkness and sorrow we are the voice in the desert Crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. Had the trumpet call, it's your voice. It's a year of jubilee. Out of Zion's hill, salvation come. These are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones becoming as flesh. These are the days of your servant David rebuilding the temple of praise. These are the days of the harvest, the fields they're white in the world. We are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Had to jump and call in your voice. It's a year of jubilee. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. Trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your 
your voice is a year of jubilee out of zion's hill salvation comes out of zion's hill salvation comes thank you jesus guys if you spent any time around me you'll know this my heart longs achingly for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ because I want to see his face so bad. This one that I've believed in all my life, this one that I love so much. I would that the whole entire church that claims the name of Jesus Christ would love him like that and want to see him that way. Oh, Father God if we don't have that desire in our heart. And Lord, if we're playing around in the things of the world, we're so concentrated on what's going on here that we can't concentrate on pleasing our bridegroom. We can't concentrate on readying ourselves for our bridegroom. Oh God, forgive us. May we repent of Jesus for your cross
for you. We want you to be close to us. We want to be close to you. And Lord God, you made that possible through the cross of Calvary. There's not a single thing that we can do to enter into your presence. There's no resume that we have that's going to allow us into your presence. But there is one resume. And that's the perfect resume of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that's the one that we show you today. And we long to be with you, Lord. We love you.
cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on a curse and dream. His body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heaven. Messiah still and all alone. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore, for endless days. We will sing your praise, oh Lord, oh Lord our God. Then on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again.
Thank you so much. Oh God, how can we hold so light the story of salvation? How can we be so, I don't know, how can our minds not just be, how can our minds just not be blown every single day for what you did? Lord, I just pray that you would transform our hearts today. And that you would align us with your heart. Speak to us through your word. Let your Holy Spirit convict and move us today. So that we may be conformed to the image of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. Good morning to each and every one. Thank you so much for coming this morning. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege that you've chosen to be here this morning with us. And uh, it's a very a special day, uh, not only here at Redeemed Church, but also for the Chilton family. Um, sorry, I forget your name. Rowan has chosen to be baptized, so we're mighty, mighty thankful and, and grateful for that. Um, not a whole lot of announcements. Uh, if you're here for the first time by chance, the restrooms are down the hallway through the double doors across the aisle there, the hallway. Um, j just a reminder for our upcoming a youth retreat. Um, far as I know, it, the, it is still open if you want to, uh, to register, or if you know anyone that might be interested, please uh, feel free to, to uh, share that. You can also go to go online at redeemedcommunitychurch.org and uh, be able to get the info there as well. I've been very, very blessed, and... Having Drew and Preston and you guys here this morning and to share in our in the uh, time of praise and worship. Um, and thank you, Patrick, for the uh, children's lesson. It's very uh, always not only for his children, I guess big children as well. So thank God we're children of God. Um, so anyway, um, we got Brother Lee, the taco man, delivering us the message. <laughs> Uh, if you want to come forward, and we'll uh, have a word of prayer. And then after this, after the message, I'll turn the time over to Brother Phil, and he'll take it from there. And uh, things as far as immediate following the service, we'll have the, uh, the baptism. And then um, please feel free to hang around. We're doing hamburgers and hot dogs, the barbecue.
Colorado barbecue, excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah, please feel to be around here for the afternoon. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, for your many blessings. We thank you for uh, that you call us your children. We're grateful to be your children. Lord, I just want to lift up Brother Lee. Lord, give him words to speak. Anoint him with your spirit. Just open our hearts, Father, that we can hear from you. And uh, as we open your word, I just pray that you be with us. And, Lord, we just want to honor and glorify you today. And just pray that you receive all the honor and glory. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Hello? Is it on? You guys can hear me? Okay, good. Um, I'm going to need this. I can never learn the name of this thing. I call it the black thing. So I need to use the black. Oops. Sorry. I'm not going to sing anymore. The black thing. I get this one because it's the shorty one. You were guessing why, right? Well, not that short. How do you do this? Too much technology, thank you. So, okay. Um, I'm not sure if I should introduce myself. You know, it's been like, what, seven months or something? We've, we were gone for quite a bit. I know some of you missed or some of you didn't. It's okay. I mean, I missed some of you and some of you I didn't. So I, I guess we're even. No worries. Um, but let me tell you this. We are so happy to be back. You have no idea what it means to use your own restroom. I'm sorry. It's actually good, okay? Or to sleep in your own bed. Ah, it's awesome. We're back. We spent um, the last what, close to six months in Mexico, visiting my parents. For some reason, I don't even know why, there are a bunch of Mexicans in Mexico, everywhere. Wherever you go, you see just Mexicans. And they all look like me. I don't even know why. I feel like we're related or something, you know? So, anyways, you want to say that we're happy to be back? And I just want to take the opportunity to um, welcome my brother Daniel Osborne and his wife and his family. Um, and I just want to thank God for his life. We passed through a challenging time, you know, and, and we just prayed and cried so much. And he's just the answer to a prayer, and I just want to honor God for that. Hallelujah. Thank you. And, I, and actually, I know many of you pray for him, too, so I can tell you this. This guy is back. I know I mean, he's back. He's as sharp as sharp can be. Daniel, how much is two plus two, bro? Maybe later. He knows he's four. I mean, this guy is sharp, I'm telling you, okay? So he knows two plus two. And I also have my sister here, Katie, and her husband, Alec, Gertine. Uh, so please help me welcoming them. Visiting from, from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm not going to ask him how much is two plus two because I don't know if they know the answer. So let's keep it like that, okay? Okay, enough of, of this. Ah, and... The Preston family, sorry, the Yoder family here, Preston and Talitha, welcome. Yes. Happy to have you guys here. So, okay, I, you know what, last time, I think last time I shared with you, I mentioned that I, I talked to my son about something, and I thought, you know what, 
I, I don't want this to sound like, first of all, like my, I, I love my son. You, you know how it works, right? And I think he's the smartest boy of the world, of course, because it's my son. But I have to accept that he is a boy and he's five, right? And even though last time with a, conversa a conversation that I had with him came out a really good thing that I loved, it's not always like that, okay? We, I, was, I was having a conversation with him the other day. And, and he told me, why are you always in front of the computer? And I told him, well, this is my job, and this is how God provides to us. You know, this is how I make money. So, yeah, this is, this is, this is my work. He was like, okay. And I told him, what would you like to be when you become a papa like me, you know, like an adult? And he said, I want to fix people. I just want to fix people. I was like, Amen, brother. I'm having a doctor in the family. And I was so excited. And I'm like, so what kind of fixing? You know, like, like people that are sick, you want to heal them? No, I just want to make your, their eyes red so the dinosaurs can come and eat them all. <laughs> I'm like, how old are you again? I'm not going to preach about that. Don't worry. I'm not going to preach about that. Okay? Actually, I want to share with you something that, to be honest, I have to be very honest with you. It, it's quite challenging to share about this because it's such a it's very important word that we find it basically from the very beginning in the Bible until the very end. It, and it's actually something very deep and very wide that there are so many sermons about this that I, even last night when I was you know praying and preparing this, I'm like, maybe I should just change the subject and do something different because it, it, you know what I'm saying it's big it's hope I want to share with you about hope now to be able to share that we need to to define it first so I look for a definition online and it says that it's an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes this is important positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. As a noun is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's an aspiration, it's a desire, a wish, ambition, aim, a plan. Basically, it's a feeling of trust. Now, as a verb, it's something that you want to happen. Okay, let's remember this part. When you hope or to hope for something, is you're desiring or wishing that something specific happens. And it's usually, or yeah, most of the time, I guess, in a positive way. I don't know how it would be in a negative way. I don't know what the definition would be for that. But something very important and very interesting is that we all hope for something. It can be something small. It can be something mid-sized, let's say, we can measure, or it can be something big. For instance, right now, you're hoping that I will finish soon, right? That I won't take more than two hours. I can tell, I can tell. Or some of you are, are hoping, like, when is this guy going to get rid of the accent? Let me tell you this, you know, I, I've noticed and I discovered that I have an accent, but I discovered that I only, get the, the, I only have the accent when I talk. Because when I don't talk, I don't have it. You want to see? It's a joke. Really, come on. It's funny. It's funny. Think, think, take it home and think about it, okay? It's actually funny. 
Well, if you, you want to hear something funny, actually, my thoughts, when I think in English, I hear the accent. That is really weird. <laughs> I like, well, I have the accent even in my mind. For instance, I'm hoping today that you guys, actually, I'm hoping before that, that I get to explain and express well what I'm trying to tell you today. And my hope is that you get to understand it, or at least pretend that you're paying attention and understanding what I'm saying. You can do like, mm, good. And then, I, okay, you're understanding. So, I usually don't read my notes, but today I'm like, I'm going to read my notes because I spent some time doing this. Um, okay, oh, why? She's taking a shower. So even though I hope, and I think my desire is, it's, it's a good desire, that you guys understand what I'm saying, there is some, um, can I call it a mount? I'm not sure if I can call it a mount. There is some uncertainty on that. I, there is no guarantee that even though I'm, I'm going to try to do my best in explaining to you what hope is, or this whole subject, I, I, I'm not 100% sure that you will understand it. And some of you might be like, I just heard when he mentioned the word tacos, that's all I care, right? So that is my hope, but there is uncertainty on that. For instance, I want to give you an example. When I was going to school, I had a classmate that she one day approached me and, and asked me, Ali, what kind of, well, she, she said she was a believer. I don't know, but she was, said she was a Christian. And she knew, I mean, we both were Christians at this point. And she asked me, what kind of prayer do you pray before the exams, before the tests? I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I'm understanding what you're saying. She's like, yeah, yeah, I noticed that you did really good, you know, in the last, last semester. And so I'm wondering what, what kind of prayer you pray. So I was like, do you believe in prayer? And I'm like, yeah, I do believe in prayer. Okay, so how do, what kind of prayer do you do? Because in my case, she said, I've been praying this. You, have you heard the prayer of whoever? I don't know. And I'm like, no, I haven't. Well, you, you say this, you say that. And she actually is kind of random. So she, in the exam, so she would take the exam and write on, the, on this corner, on the top right corner, like in Spanish, of course, just the initials of God, please help me pass this test. That would, what would that be? G, P, H, whatever. You know, the initials of that kind of stuff. And at the end of the exam, she would write like in the name of Jesus. So I was like, well, honestly, I never heard of that. But I mean, you know, if you, yeah, if you trust God and if you're studying before the exam. And she's like, oh, you study before the test? I'm like, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. You don't? No, I believe in prayer. So you believe that what you heard six months ago, you will be able to remember what that is? And she's like, I think prayer is powerful. Well, do you remember what you ate yesterday? Uh, exactly. That's why you need to study before an exam, right? So you cannot just come here and just hope to pass the test without studying. So in that case, I guess my prayer is, God, please rem help me remember everything I studied yesterday. And she just stared at me like that. It's like, yeah, I study like, I don't know, two or three hours before a test because I want to make sure that I remember. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because hope is not just hope over there. It's a wish. There is an action with it. 
Okay? There is something that needs to be done for this thing that you're expecting to happen to happen. Alright? It requires an action. However, there is still no guarantee that it will happen. Because I could spend five hours studying for a test and I get there and whew, I, I don't know this question. I don't know the answer for it. Or, or maybe, I don't know, I just didn't study the whole subject or whatever. So uncertainty is still there, which is not nice. This is going to be a short one, by the way. You know, I like, I like straight to the point, and then we go home and eat tacos. So that is the kind of hope that this world offers. And we all have experienced this hope. And we still do. I mean, there are things, I don't know, for instance, if you want to buy a car, you're hoping to buy a car. I'm hoping that you're not just expecting to be like waiting like this and then, oh, money for the car. It can happen, right? I mean, God can do whatever he wants. He can give you a gift. But usually, or I would ask you, are you working? Are you saving? Are you doing some research and trying to find the car that you want? While you do this action, you're hoping to be able to achieve that goal. However, this is, this is good stuff. This is a part in which you pay attention, so pay attention right now. However, the definition of hope in the Bible is different. Hmm. Do it like this with me. Hmm. It's like a celebration, you know, like, but you need to be your, your lips like this. Hmm. You hear the, so the sound? Hmm. It's, it's, okay. So... The definition in the Bible is different. It looks very different. In the Bible, hope goes together with faith. I'm guessing you remember that. And let's go open our Bibles in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Of course you knew I was going to read that one. I have to. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. I'm going to read it again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. So basically, you are trusting or you're expecting something to happen even though you haven't seen it. Right? Now, why is it different? Even though it's basically the same. You're expecting something. You're wishing, desiring, or aiming for something. Why is it different? Well, in the world, hope is a wish. is a desire. In the Bible, it is certainty. It's guarantee. You know why? You know the answer. Come on. Because God is there. And He makes the whole difference. He actually, isn't this cool? He changes the definition of hope just because of Himself. Because He is there and your trust is put on Him. Hope from being just a desire, it becomes an actual thing that will happen a hundred percent no doubt on top of that in the world it's a feeling right 
Because you're not sure. It's a feeling. And feeling changes. A feeling can change easily. But when something is guaranteed, it's a reality. On this side, in the Bible, hope with God is a reality. It will happen. How do we know that? How do we know that? Well, Hebrews 13, 8. Let's go really quick over that. I think it's like a couple of pages. A couple of pages here. 13, Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus Christ, God, He is the same yesterday and today and forever. He does not change. We know that because He does not change. And you can read the entire Bible and there is one thing you will find out. He does not change. He's always the same. Numbers 23, 19 and Titus 1, 2 and Hebrews 6, 18. I'm not going to go over there. But it says that Jesus, God, that He does not lie. That He's not a man like us to lie. He does not lie. So we know He doesn't change and we know He doesn't lie. In John 3, 16, does anybody remember that one? No? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And most importantly... So whoever believes in Him, He will have eternal life. Now let me tell you this. And I, and I thought about this yesterday and I was like, oh, that was actually kind of cool. Did you know that you cannot give something that you don't have? That doesn't sound very brilliant, but it's actually very brilliant. You cannot give something that you don't have. In other words, if I told you, it, the first person that comes here and gives me a hi, I will give you a million dollars. Don't send out. You didn't even try because you know I don't have a million dollars. You know that, right? It's not worth it. But if I told you, hey, I'll give you five pesos and a taco, you will be like, boom. No need to come. No need to come give me a hug. Don't worry. So you cannot give what you don't have. So he's saying that he will give you eternal life. Ah, isn't that amazing? Because He is eternal life. He has it in His hands. Now, why, how do we know that this is the case? How or why can we trust this? Besides what I just told you, let me tell you this really quick. I work as a data, it's called data scientist. That sounds very fancy. But basically means I analyze data for a company. I work with data. And there is one principle in data analysis that everybody knows, no matter if you speak English or not, if you're working in Mexico, if you're in, in China, whatever, it doesn't matter. Everybody that work, works with data, they know this. If you want to predict the future, say stock market, whatever, crypto, whatever you want, if you want to predict the future, what you do, you build an algorithm. You take all the different factors, put it into a computer, formula, whatever, and it gives you an answer. But to predict the future, you need to go see the past. That is the, isn't it that awesome? That is the way that you can predict the future. By the way, I'm talking about mathematics and stuff. I'm not saying that, I, that we'll be able to tell, ah, there's going to rain, I don't know, in 25 years or something, and maybe it's going to rain. Or I mean, not, not in that way. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You study the past to predict the future. So, 
basically I'm saying you go read the Bible, the entire Bible, and see all the things that have happened to God's people. And you will see basically what will happen to you. Does that make sense? All these guys passed through really hard times. Tough times. Some of them were slaves. And God told them, I'm going to take you out of here. I'm going to give you a land. Beautiful. Did it happen? It did. Remember that? Every single time that God gave his word and promised something to somebody, he fulfilled his words. Now, I have a question for you. You know, we'll be talking about hope, desires, and stuff. Have you ever wondered if God, if Jesus, has hope? Have you ever wondered if he has a desire in his heart? Let's go to John. Book of John, chapter 17. John, John, John chapter 17, verse 24. So this is Jesus talking to the Father. He's saying, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me, he's talking about us, may be with me where I am. To see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. I'm sorry, but I don't have to read this again. Father, I desire, my hope is that they also who you have given me may be with me where I am. You know where he is at? The Bible says that he's in heaven with all the glory at the right hand of the Father. That you have given because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Romans 8.34 and Hebrews 7.25 says that he's interceding for us. There is an action over there. He's pleading for us. Now, have you ever heard a story or a movie or something in which the highest guy in the movie, the top guy in the movie, the king of kings... That he will, would humble himself and become like simple mortal like us. No. Or that he will intercede for somebody and to plead for somebody. No, usually in the movies the king is just like sitting in a really fancy chair over there and giving orders and stuff. Uh, well, at least the ones that, that I have watched. So... This is not the case. He is doing something. An action. Now, I know I've been talking about hope. It's a desire. Hope is this. Hope is that. Jesus hopes. His desire is that we will spend eternity with him. Which is exciting. It's awesome. What Drew was just saying, man. That he returns. That he comes back for us. That is hope. But there is certainty on that. He knows that it will happen because we've seen it. However, I'm missing one thing here. I don't know if you noticed that. How about hopeless? I mentioned at the beginning that we all hope for something. And it is true. 
At least one time in your life, you hope for something. But have you ever felt hopeless? Let me ask you this, and I try to be careful with this. You feel hopeless right now. Let me, let me tell you... Uh, <clears throat> let me tell you a story. When I was 20, 21... A long time ago, by the way. Feels weird to say that. <laughs> when I was 20, 21, I always had a dream of playing soccer at a professional level. And thank God I made it. You know, I played in a team at a professional level. At this point of my life, um, I had a girlfriend. I was hoping also to, to study medicine. Is that the way you call it? Medicine? To be, become, become a doctor? Okay. I wanted to study medicine. Um, I had a lot of dreams. I'm a dreamer. Okay, I'm a dreamer. I had all these dreams. And I was already there. I was already playing, you know, like pro level. It's really cool. You should try it. Um, it's really fun. But then one day, basically God asked me to stop playing. And I couldn't say, yes, God. However, I said, Lord, please take it away from me. Because I can't. I, I just can't give up soccer. So like two weeks later, I broke my knee. So I knew that was the answer, right? So I broke my knee. And then this girlfriend that I liked so much that I was hoping to marry her, she was like, you know what? I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Oh, okay, what can I do? Like a month later, I found out she, was, she got pregnant. And that, that hurt me, let me tell you. 21. I was hoping to study medicine and I couldn't. Because I had a broken knee. And I had to travel to another city like 20 hours away from home. I couldn't. Broken knee. No girlfriend anymore. He probably cheated on me, I guess. <laughs> um, no football. No soccer. And that's been the first time in my life that I felt hopeless. It's not nice. It's not fun. You know, funny thing. I, I never thought of dying before that, before that situation. I felt so discouraged. You know what? As a, as a soccer player, you're very disciplined with, with what you eat and the amounts and with your sleep. Right? You try to sleep like well because you're going to train tomorrow. You're going to play. I forgot about all those things. I used to watch movies like... Trashy movies, really bad movies. I wouldn't be able to tell you the movies. I would be so ashamed of that because it's really bad movies. I was watching movies until 3, 4 a.m. With a broken knee, eating trash the entire day. I was so discouraged. Nothing had a value for me anymore. And I, this is, this is, I remember talking to my dad and telling him, you know what? Life is just trash. There is no meaning in life. I could just die right now and I would be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. You don't care if I, la if I die. My neighbor won't care. The world, we keep, the world we keep, you know, rolling and going without me. And it's true. That, that, is, that part is true. But I just want to tell you that I just didn't have value. And my poor dad, you know, he didn't know how to handle that. And he basically called me stupid. You're stupid. That is stupid. Go fix your mind and, and stop saying those things. I mean, I wish he did something different. I, I, I forgave him already. But 
That is how hopeless feels. Thankfully, I never had like like um, how do you say that suicidal thoughts. I mean, I never thought oh, I'm gonna go harm harm myself or, or do something against myself. But I understand it now. It's tough. It's really it's really hard. And I want to take the opportunity to tell you this. If you feel hopeless today, or if you have, there is hope. Don't give up. Maybe you don't see it or you haven't seen it when you pass through that time, but there is hope. No one, let me tell you this, by the way, no one is exempt. Exempt, is that a word? Exempt. From this to happen. And no matter how long you've been a Christian or how long you've been in a relationship with God, you can read the Bible the entire day and pray the whole day. It can happen to you if your hope is not in Christ. Let me tell you what. My idea, I mean, I discovered this years later, okay? When I played soccer, I was a Christian. And I actually shared the gospel with a bunch of guys. Thank God. But still... I discovered later that my, my identity was the soccer player. The soccer player. Not the son of God. Or one of the sons of God. So no matter how long, please be on your guards and be ready because the devil is just trying to destroy you and me. <clears throat> I, yeah, that was short. That was pretty good. I want to finish with reading four verses can, can you get them over there first first john 5 13 and 14 i decided to ask the guys i think that would be faster i learned something while i was you know studying for for today i learned that in the bible the word hope is translated as to wait you wait for something and this might sound a little bit uh, you know kind of interesting or funny i don't know but waiting is actually an action we usually think an action is you have to do something you need to go you have to whatever but waiting is also an action because it's a verb i'm here waiting no, you're not doing anything. I'm doing something. I'm doing nothing. I'm just waiting. So John, it says, This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Hold on. Can you put the 13? Sorry. Go one back. Same. First John 5.13. Amigo, habla espanol. Thank you. So these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. To you guys who believe in the name of the Son of God. So that, so that you may know that you have eternal life. How about that? You have eternal life. 14. This is, and, and we have confidence. We hope. This is the confidence. And, and we are certain that we have it, which we have before him, that we, we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. First Peter 1, from 
3 to 6. I also read, just kind of an interesting fact, that in the book of Psalms, the word wait appears like 40-something times. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's many times, I think, for one book, although it has a lot of chapters. Um, 1 Peter 3, sorry, 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 3 till 6. Amigos, hurry up because everybody's falling asleep. And I, I, I ran out of jokes, sorry. The, uh, now, okay, now I get to wait, thank you. So this is my hope that they will find them. Should I do a dance or something? Or, or no? Thank you. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Boom! A living hope. Let me tell you this. I've forgotten this part, which is actually really cool. Remember that in the, in the world, hope was a feeling? You're supposed to say yes. Do you remember in the world, hope was a feeling? Yes. Let me tell you this. Ah, it gives me, ah, you know, in the Bible, hope is a person. Hmm. Ready? Hmm. It's a person. <laughs> Isn't it that cool? It's a person that doesn't change from the very beginning till the very end, if there is an end. He's always the same. It's a person that does not lie. It's a person that loves you. Because, listen to this. You give the, your life for somebody. You love this person like no one else. It's a person that loves you. To live in hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Next one, amigo. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable. Ha! Imperishable. And undefiling will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's see the sixth one. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. Hold on, didn't I read this before? Hey, come on, guys, you're playing with me. Were you hoping to do that, to, to trick me? In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. That is a tricky part. Okay? Those things will happen. However, your hope is not like the one, like, it's not like the one in the world, but it's like the one in the Bible. You trust this person, and he has proved to you that he is real eternal, that he will fulfill his word, his promises, that he will do it. So you wait. We wait. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 8 till 10. You good over there? You want me to go over there with you? We keep waiting. 
Sorry guys, I should have given it to you before. I'm sorry. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. Can you put a, like a enchilada as a background instead of that? It feels, <laughs> I feel that would be nicer. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So, not only that, but remember that I told you an act, that you have to do something, it's an action. Well, you cannot do anything about it. You cannot save yourself. You can try to be as good as you want or can. That is not what matters. What matters is Him, that you believe in Him. It's a gift. So you know what you do? You know what you do with a gift? What's the action? You take the gift. You receive it. Verse 9, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his work, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk, walk in them. And last one, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's a challenge for you. Let's see how quick you can get it over there. Chapter 4, verse 16, 17 and 18. Go to the 16 first. There you go. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Amen. I have to stop right here because this is a big one. Guys, if you've been feeling hopeless, do not lose heart because your hope is alive. He's actually alive, interceding for you, pleading for you before the Father. Not only that, but your inner man is being renewed. By passing through this experience, let me tell you something. When you pass through those tough times, at the end of this situation, you're not going to be the same. Even if you want to be the same, you're not going to be the same. And this is one of the things that is going to grow a lot in you. Trust. Because you have to trust during this hard time. When you get over here, it's like, wow. Man, that was, that was a tough one. Renew day by day for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. And last one. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now remember that you wait for something until you have it. Because if you have it, you don't need to wait for it. Like if I told you guys, I hope one day I get to share with you something here. Uh, you would be like, Lee, you... you You've been talking for the last 20 minutes, man. So you're already doing it. Why are you hoping for that? Why are you waiting for that? Oh, that's true. Sorry. Um, I can say I hope one day I can play the guitar or the drums. That will not happen, by the way. <laughs> that's not happening. So hope is a person. And he's alive. He doesn't lie. Never changes. Loves you and intercedes for you before the Father.
I am guessing you already know the name. And if not, let me tell you, his name is Jesus. And there is power in his name. If you are, if you are in that situation of hopelessness, reach out to him. Reach out to that name that loves you, that never changes. Trust in him. Guys, wait. That is your action. Wait in him. He is our living hope. Not only living, but eternal hope. And you know what he's hoping for? He's hoping that you will spend eternal life with him. What a gift. So I have two things. This is the last two things that I'm going to say. First one. Don't give up. I know the feeling of giving up. And I, I feel you. I know how it feels. My encouragement today is don't give up. There is hope. There is hope. He's with you. And not only don't give up, but take an action. And some, maybe your action, depending on what you're passing through, maybe your action is to wait. Right? But sometimes your action is to go and God, pray to God. Talk to God, to Jesus, and ask Him, can you please get me out of this situation? Could you please change my heart, my life, my mind, my whatever it is? He will give you hope. Reach out to Him. And He will answer. How do we know that? We've seen it in the past. We can't predict the future. People in the Bible, they prayed and they asked. And God always answered. Sometimes it took a little bit longer than they expected. But he always answered. This is our hope. Love you guys. For God is not unjust. So as to forget your work. And the love which you have shown toward his name. In having ministered. And still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. So as to realize the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you may not be sluggish. But imitators of those who through faith and Patience inherit the promise. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And thus, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Wait, how many children did Abraham have when he died? Two. Where was the promise? Had God lied? Are you sure? 
Did Abraham believe he lied? Or that he fulfilled his promise? He died in faith, Hebrews 11 says. These all died still believing the promise, not having received it. That's how they died. For men swear by one greater than themselves. With them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God desiring even more to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we, you, may have strong encouragement. That's what our brother was talking about. Living with strong encouragement in what? In hope. In a person. The person who promised. See, that's the big difference. So often we want to hope in a promise. They hoped in the person who promised. Big difference. Who have fled for refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. We may have strong encouragement who have fled for refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. A hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus Does your hope take you where Jesus is? Then it's a living hope. Thank you, brother. That was Hebrews chapter 6, by the way. Paul, or the Hebrew writer most attributed to Paul. One of the things that encouraged me the most in the word you shared, brother, is that our hope is in Christ, and he's a living person, and he intercedes for you and I right now. And that means... When I give up all hope, he hopes. Don't ever forget that. When we give up all hope, he still hopes for us. And hope is that active word. And that's what saves our life. Think about the power of intercession in two examples just to encourage you. There were two men who changed God's action in the Old Testament concerning people. The one, the end result still resulted the same. The other, the end result still resulted the same, only later. The first man to intercede with God that we can read about in the Bible was Abraham. You remember when God came down to destroy Lot, I mean to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot lived there, Abraham's nephew? And God, Abraham said, God, but you wouldn't destroy the righteous with the wicked, would you? How many did Abraham start with? If there are 
50 people there. You surely wouldn't destroy those 50 people with the whole cities. And God said, if there are 50 there, I won't destroy the city. Where did Abraham end with? How many people? Ten. Ten. And God said, because Abraham interceded, if there are ten righteous people there, I won't destroy it. The power of intercession. But there weren't even ten. The second one is Moses for God's people. Remember when Moses went up to Mount Sinai? And for the first time in the history of mankind, God gave men a law, his moral laws. But when Abraham came down, the people thought, oh, we don't know what happened to Moses. He was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, over a month. What would you do? They said, hey, let's just make our own gods and party. And they did. And Moses came down. And God was angry. And God said, Step away, Moses. I'm going to kill them all right now. And I'm going to make of you a great nation. See, God could do that and not break his promise with Abraham. Because Moses was from Abraham. What did Moses do? He begged God not to. No, Lord. Remember your promise to these people. Look what it would do to the Egyptians. Your testimony in all the world. You just brought them out to kill them. And God stops and says, okay, I won't destroy them. In the end, that whole generation still died in the wilderness. But that moment, Moses, because of intercession, changed God's judgment on people. What do you think the power of Jesus' intercession does with you every day? Makes the difference between life and death. That's why I love him more and more every day. He makes the difference between life and death. Me and God. When I fail, when I become hopeless, he still hopes. And his hope saves me. That's powerful. Thank you, brother. We're going to go into the baptism now. This is hopeful. This is a hope that anchors our soul. Because the Lord told us to do it. As a testimony of his great love for us. And in Hebrews... Um, in Romans chapter 6, I'll just read a few of these verses to give us again an encouragement of the baptism and the act of baptism. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? For do you not know? That all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death 
in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly, that's the hope, right? Certainly, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Many Christians, many people, want to be resurrected with Jesus Christ and freed from sin. But they don't want to die with him. But the truth is, you can't have a resurrection unless you die. Have you ever heard of someone being resurrected who hasn't died? No. You can't be. Resurrection means rise from the dead. And that's how it is in our life. Unless our old life is reckoned dead with Christ and we died to sin, we can't be raised with Christ over the power of sin. And so that's what baptism is a signal of. A signal means it's a flag over my life. When nations raise flags, what does it do? What does it mean? When someone raises a flag, it's an identity, right? This is a flag over your life, Rowan. An identity with Jesus Christ. You raise the flag. When countries or a war with each other and they begin to gain ground. They want to plant the flag to mark the ground that they have gained. And this is our Christian flag called baptism. Over all of the spiritual powers that are watching our life, whether evil angels or the angels in heaven, and all of the saints who are witnessing taking the flag of Jesus and saying, that's who I am. This is who I belong to. I have died with Christ and now I'm raised again. And putting you under the water is that signal of being buried, what really happens inside. Bringing you up out of the water, you haven't... We're not planning to leave you under the water. We are bringing you up. Right? Aren't you all expecting that? Whoever baptized anybody and left them under the water? Baptism means you go under and you come up. And that's the reality of our inner man, Jesus Christ. So, Ro, we're going to give you just a moment. Would you like to come up here? 
Or do you just want to share from there? Just to share with us why you'd like to be baptized. Amen, Father. Thank you for this dear young lady, our sister in the family of God. Thank you for saving her soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that even though we grow up listening to your word in, in an environment that uh, is, is a love for God, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified today again through this young person's life, through Rowan's life and her decision and her choice to walk with you. But more importantly, and your love that is personal. It's not just on a family level, but you call each one of us by name. And you forgive our sins and, and then you invite us into this experience of, of baptism into your death and your resurrection. And we're never the same. You give us eternal life. So I pray, Lord, be glorified today as you have done it in her heart. Now, Lord Jesus, as she takes the flag, plants it over her life. I pray that you would fill her with your Holy Spirit in a special way, just like you did your own son, Jesus Christ. When he obeyed you in baptism, you came down in the form of a dove through the Holy Spirit and filled him, Lord, and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let her hear your voice. And be filled with your spirit today in a special way that will change her life forever and use her powerfully to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who know her from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. We invite every one of you to come join us. We're going to circle around the outside, around the tub out here.